Hey everyone, welcome to the Style That Binds Us podcast. The Style That Binds Us is a lifestyle media brand that houses the Style That Binds Us YouTube channel, blog, podcast, VIP shopping experiences, with more to come. My name is Delia Folk, and my mom, Allison Brune, is an in-demand national wardrobe consultant. We are the co-hosts for this podcast. Our mission is to give access to the often closed, exclusive, and insular fashion industry. In the podcast episodes, we interview movers and shakers in fashion, beauty, jewelry, and entrepreneurship. We explore how they got where they are today, what their roles are like, and where they are going. These conversations dig deeper than the surface. With every piece of content we put out, we want you to walk away having learned something, feeling inspired and confident. You belong with us, and we are better because you are here. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Style That Binds Us. My name is Delia Folk. I'm Allison Brune. And we are the mother-daughter duo that makes up The Style That Binds Us, which is a media channel. We have a blog, podcast, and YouTube channel. Today, we are with Gigi Burris, who has a company called Gigi Burris Millinery. She is based in Brooklyn, New York, and we are here today in her studio on the Lower East Side. She was a 2009 graduate of Parsons, which she was nominated to be the designer of the year, her senior year. She was a CFDA class of 2014, CFTA Vogue Fashion Fund finalist, and she is basically killing it. We are so excited to be here with her today. Her hats have been worn by Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Haley Baldwin, Taylor, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> so many fabulous women. So we cannot wait to share her brand and her story with you today. Such an honor. Thank Truly. you guys for having me. I'm so grateful. <laughs> So let's start by talking about where you grew up and did you want to be a milliner when you were growing up? Well, I would like to start by just saying thank you to you guys because I'm just really grateful to be part of this, um, you know, special project between a mom and daughter. And I think that that is just some very unique perspective. And so thank you for having me. We're honored. Thank you. And, you know, being a fellow um, woman from the South, I think... Um, you know, there's a special bond between all of us that binds us, if you will. And, um, so I grew up in central Florida in a small town outside of Tampa in between Tampa and Orlando. Um, and it was, it was a very small town. Um, so it was a big, big jump to come up here to New York city. And I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to be a milliner, but I, I knew that I loved art. And I loved being creative and working with my hands. So from a young age, you know, I was really engaged with our local museum, um, studied art in high school, and then came up to Parsons School of Design, where it was awesome, where Mm -hmm. I got my bachelor's in um, fine arts and studied ready to wear. Mm -hmm. And while studying ready to wear um, at Parsons, I had the opportunity to go abroad uh, my junior year to Parsons Paris. Mm. And the curriculum, you know, it was just so romantic. And the curriculum there really focused on craft, on heritage, on, um, you know, this kind of romance that that was different than American fashion. And so I fell in love with that idea, Mm -hmm. um, you know, of craft. And so when I came back to New York, um, I had always loved hats and I I knew that, you know, 
it was essential to outfits. And when I sketched ready to wear, it was always with a hat. It was essential that it had a hat. They offered a millinery, millinery class for the first time. And so I took the class. Um, there were only five students. So it was a really intimate. It was amazing. And you needed five students to make a class at that time. Otherwise, they were going to cancel the class. And so I begged my friend. I was like, please take this class with me. Otherwise, they're going to cancel it. My teacher was amazing. And so I went on to apprentice for her that following summer. And really learned so much about couture millinery, um, which is, you know, um, I guess you could say a dying art. And very specific. Super specific. Yeah. yeah it's definitely a niche category. Yeah. Ah, it's wonderful. Thank you. Really and your company is called Gigi Burst Millinery. So what is a milliner? Yeah. <laughs> so for everyone that's asking, it's so funny because at cocktail parties, people are like, oh, this is my friend, a milliner. And I'm, and they're like, oh, that's a weird way to introduce someone. <laughs> um, and people don't really know. And so sometimes people think that they're introducing me as a millionaire, which is not the case yet, but I'm Lord willing um, one day. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> um, so yeah, right. So um, a milliner is someone who makes hats. Um, it is a person who, um, you know, works in the field of hat making. Okay. So while you're in school, were you kind of gearing up after graduation? I think I'm going to launch a company. By no means. Um, you know, I feel like I have come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, my grandfather worked for himself. My father worked for himself. Um, you know, so that is definitely in my blood. Um, uh, my husband, you know, his family started their own business. He works for himself. So those kind of things, um, were, are very natural, but I never, ever expected that. Um, when you go to Parsons School of Design, I think so many people think that that degree leads you into this amazing pool of people that you will be hired by a house. And unfortunately, that's just no longer the case. Mm -hmm. um, there are not enough jobs to provide these students that come into the workforce every year. Mm -hmm. um, I graduated in 09, which was a time that was very difficult to get a job, even though I was blessed to be at the top, you know, mm -hmm. 10 of my class, I couldn't find a job. And so I worked freelance for a while. I did stylist assisting. Um, I was able to land a part-time job or yeah, pretty much part-time four days a week at Dennis Basso. Um, which was, you know, something that was so unique because I was able to learn how to work with exotic skins. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned how to work with fur, which is something, um, while controversial, something I still mm -hmm. feel very strongly about. If you do use it, um, it needs to be, you know, from a great farm, knowing that the animals are, are cared for, knowing that it's, um, done in the most humane way possible mm -hmm. and treating that animal life with a lot of precious care. So I worked for Dennis Basso, made fur hats, alligator, um, python pieces wow. for them. It was really cool. And so it wasn't until 2011 um, that I decided that I wanted to launch the brand full-time. My first real wholesale season was autumn, winter, um, I think 2012 or maybe even spring, summer, 2013, I believe was the first time that we took the, the pieces to wholesale. Um, and then I developed a website that you could buy things from and kind of, it, um, kind of went from there in terms of a real business, but all that time while I was freelancing and after college, um, for those, you know, three years, I was making hats and, you know, celebrities were wearing them. They were being photographed for magazines. It just really was not a business. It was just me making hats, you know, right. mm -hmm. 
And then in college, what are some of those key takeaways that you learned? I know that sometimes it's hard. You go to college and then you learn all these things, but until you're actually working, Mm -hmm. that's when you are really learning as well. So what are your key takeaways from school? And also school can be so intense. How do you deal with, with the designer's life, staying up all night to finish a project or how do you, with the lack of sleep? You know, Parsons School um, is a very rigorous program, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. They say that it's equivalent by no means, like, are we solving, you know, the world's problems? But they say in terms of workload, the only program that is more intense than that is something like law school or a doctorate or even MIT because they... Marine boot camp or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) The hours you put in. Yeah, it was really crazy. So I think that that prepares you for a job in fashion, whether you own your own business Mm -hmm. or you work for someone else. You're often expected to pull all-nighters. You're often expected to come in on Saturdays. Right. Um, Travel. Sure. All those things. So I think that the school prepared me for that work-life balance Mm -hmm. of work taking the lion's share of my time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that I think more than anything else, like if you want to work in this business, you have to know that the time commitment and then the financial return might Mm -hmm. not necessarily be of equal. Right. You know? Yeah. It makes me think of um, dancers. Absolutely. Yeah. It's their passion. They They'd have no sleep. They work so hard and maybe they don't get compensated that much. Exactly. But it's, it's their life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. Mm-hmm. so let's talk about how do you make a hat? What goes into that? So, you know, there, what, the way that we make hats mm-hmm. is by hand. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is a, um, a technique that is centuries and centuries um, old. And this is a traditional way of making it. So it starts with a carved wooden block. And it has two pieces, right? A crown, which is the top part, Mm -hmm. and the brim, which is the bottom part. Mm -hmm. And um, so the shape of this hat begins in wood, right? And so we work with either vintage blocks from as early as the 1890s. Wow. Mm -hmm. So cool. That is so cool. Um, To up towards probably the 80s. they didn't really make a lot of blocks after the 80s. Or we work with a um, skilled craftsman who will carve us our own block, which is so exciting. Oh, so this one in particular is a signature style called the Drake. It's a asymmetrical brim, um, crown. And it has this kind of cowboy silhouette. Yeah. And um, this piece actually came about because I was working on a project for the Vogue Fashion Fund. And I was inspired by the city of Austin. They mm-hmm. had given me this you know, um, challenge to go down to Austin and design a hat. So I worked with the carpenter and, and it's since become one of our, our most popular styles. So once they carve this shape, you choose a brim. So this is a four inch sloped brim that I chose to pair with this crown. So you have the whole shape in wood and then you take the material and you place it over the wood and you have steam and you mold it with steam and that moisture allows for the material to form around the wood. Then you take ropes and, you know, um, there's a rope line around the crown. There's a rope line around the brim that kind of define the lines. Um, then it's baked in an oven. I had no idea. Yeah. And this that is, is fascinating. It's, none of this is electric. This is all done with fire. 
Wow. So it's a fire oven. It stays on all day long. It's a boiler um, with the steam. So it's not like an, you know, like it's pretty elemental. I think that's Mm. really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if it has a welt, that would be like a seam around the edge that might have a wire in it. And then you would put a sweatband. So that's something that, you know, allows the material to um, a buffer between the material and your skin. And it's soft. And ours is really cool because it has this beautiful branded um, mm-hmm. intarsia weave inside of it. So. so with a collection, how many hats do you have? How is that determined? What does that look like? So I think um, something that really sets us apart from some of the other milliners is, you know, I studied ready to wear. So I come from a merchandising kind of aspect when I design the collection, whereas maybe other milliners without that type of, you know, mm-hmm. um, design background might just work hat from from hat to hat, whereas I really approach a collection and I want it to be fully merchandised. So when you see it in the store, um, you know, that it looks, or you see it on a website like Moda or something, mm-hmm. that it really looks cohesive and transportive. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, that's how I approach the collection. And I think that it really varies in terms of SKUs. Um, there's certain seasons where, you know, I might have a lot going on mm-hmm. um, with private clients or projects that I just am not able to produce the same amount of SKUs um, as a collection that I'm really inspired. So I, mm-hmm. it, it varies. Um, without colorways, we'll do 28 SKUs at minimum, and then wow. we've gone up to 40. Wow. Yeah. Huge. It's a pretty big collection, but you know what? There's so many little like pockets within it. You can do right. wide brims right, right, and right. short brims and caps and sure, beanies sure, and, you know, exactly. And, yeah. Wow. My goodness. Okay. And then let's talk about materials seasonally. So mm-hmm. I know in summer and fall, it's going to be very different. And yep. how do you choose materials to use? Well, you know, where I find them, it's really interesting because millinery and as a category in general has just been shrinking, right? There's less and less people that are um, studying millinery and, you know, producing millinery and unfortunately wearing millinery. So a lot of our suppliers that were in business, um, gosh, over the last 10 to 20 years have gone out of business. So to show you an example, we used to always, I know, um, to, to share an example, we used to always put 100% cotton grain inside of our hats. Mm-hmm. Cotton grain was so beautiful inside mm-hmm. the hats because if it's, you sweat, you know, cotton absorbs it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, um, facility went out of business mm-hmm. just two years ago. Aww. And, and so it's been a challenge to find places to get materials, but, and there's still quite a few beautiful manufacturers. Um, we get straw from Ecuador, straw from Switzerland, felt from the Czech Republic, um, fur from, um, Finland, Okay, so congratulations on the CFDA and being a nominee. That is incredible. Thank you. Please walk us through that whole process of applying and all the different (laughs) challenges you had during the experience. I was laughing because that would probably take hours, right? Oh. To go through the whole process that you went through. Oh, yes, that is true. If we had a bottle of wine, (laughs) (laughs) Um, a whole uh, afternoon together. You know, that was just such a blessing. Um, I think that when I was chosen for that program, it was at such a young stage of the brand. And I don't know if I'm, I 
don't know if this is true anymore. I know that they've had some small brands go through there since. But at the time I had a, had um, done it, I was the smallest brand that had ever gone through. Yeah, they had big brands so, you know, I think that that was a blessing mm-hmm. because all of the advice that I got from these amazing panel of judges and for those that aren't aware of who those judges are um, in the Vogue Fashion Fund, you know, it's Anna Wintour, it's Andrew Rosen, who owns Theory, yeah. it's, yeah, Diane von Furstenberg. So, you know, the advice that they were able to give me, I was, you know, maybe not financially or physically, but at least I was able to absorb it and implement it to mm-hmm. the best that I could at that time. Um, and you had the belief. Those totally. Those people believed in you. Certainly. And yeah. that's like... They to, chose you. Yeah, that's exactly. Monumental. And it made me feel very welcome mm-hmm. in this New York fashion community, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anything um, from that, I have, you know, really developed a family around that group of people Mm -hmm. that I went through that program with. And, you know, Paul Andrew, for example, he made the shoes for Mm -hmm. my wedding. Oh, that's so great. Comfortable and chic. I know. (laughs) That's fabulous. And Ava Farron, you know, she made my engagement rings. Yeah. That's really nice. It's really special. And Ryan Roche has become such a wonderful friend. Um, And people that are... He's got a great Instagram feed, by the way. Oh, she. Well, you know, it's actually a husband and wife that work together. So that can be a he, too. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's just a wonderful opportunity to build a bond amongst designers, whether you win or lose. Mm -hmm. um, You know, you have those resources. Absolutely. I think so, too. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. So let's talk about New York Fashion Week. What does that look like for you? How are you involved? And also with collaborating with brands, if they don't have hats and they call you, oh, can we include hats in our show? And also, so New York and Paris. Yes. So, you know, we do show with the main season fashion calendar. Um, we do that because of wholesalers. Um, our client uh, in the general scope of hats is a pretty much a buy now, wear now client. Um, she's buying straw through August. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes to felts. Um, probably around September, October through the winter time. And, you know, we are on the fashion calendar mostly because of wholesalers. And then we show during market. Delia had the opportunity to come and see the last collection mm-hmm. when we showed spring. So and um, we often work with ready to wear designers, which is really exciting. Nice. So we're doing something very special for autumn, winter, or gosh, spring, summer, 19. Excuse me. I don't even know what I know. Season. I know. It's just so confusing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, the, I'm not allowed to share it this time. Ooh, but at Fashion Week, you will see it is so special. And this person is very dear to my heart. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that they've allowed me the opportunity to channel their vision in hats. Um, but in the past, you know, we've worked with designers like Christian Siriano. We have done something for Simon Miller, who mm-hmm. was part of the Vogue Fashion Fund sure. with us. We've partnered with Tanya Taylor, um, Allison Olivia, um, Brother Bellies. And Love so it's her. really cool to be able to, to bring life to 
to people's vision because it's such a unique vocabulary. Right. 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 So we have ready to wear designers call upon us at the final hour mm-hmm. um, to work with us on, you know, these <laughs> We've decided we want hats. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they, they don't use them. Like one um, really large American fashion brand we partnered with and they decided not to use them on the runway. And so, you know, it's just a risk that mm-hmm. you take if you decide to take that project on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then yeah. it might get styled out because it's like hats are probably the last thing a stylist thinks of and the first thing that they edit out. So you do have that surrounding Fashion Week. Um, and so we host market appointments. Um, we, you know, invite press and editors to come and see the new collection. And then they can think of it for magazines and upcoming shoots. And then in Paris, we go to Paris um, almost every season. And I had worked with a showroom up until this past year where now I take it on myself. And I think Mm. it's really amazing to, yeah, it's definitely a lot of work, but you build a personal relationship with the stores and with the press and And they get to meet you. Exactly. And I think that that's a really unique opportunity for them too. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Paris? Are you involved with Paris Fashion Week in any way? You know, I feel I, I do market appointments in Paris and I used to be with the showroom and then now I go by myself and yeah. typically work um, you know, from an apartment or rent a space. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I've yet to have the opportunity to partner with a Parisian designer because I do feel like they have resources of Parisian milliners that right. they sure. you know want to support. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then let's talk about your collaboration with W Hotel. Yes. So went to Panama and I know Todd. Oh, you did. Yes. did your article. I met oh. him on a train back from the Hamptons no, last gosh, summer. No way. Oh, I remember that. The yeah. one who was going to travel you the world. Yes. Eat gay love. Yeah. Yeah, no, we we met on the train. So, so then funny. I saw it's just all the worlds coming together. So yeah. tell that us is, all about he that. Wonderful. He is, yes. You haven't met him, I but know, you've seen his Instagram. You talked about it. Yeah. 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 He's just such a wonderful person. So when we um, were approached by the CFTA to take on this amazing project with W, I could have not. I, I was so excited. I bet. It's awesome. And they were like, oh, do you have any friends that are into travel writing? And I was like, yeah, my friend Todd um, does travel writing. So he came on the trip. And it so was just like. So you called him and yeah. just told him, you want to do this? I bet he was so excited. He was so excited. And we, we went down to Panama for five days. And um, it was an inspiration trip to celebrate this launch of three hats, all Panama hats, um, which are actually made in Ecuador. So if you don't know that, it's so funny. Panama hats are not made in Panama. They're made in Ecuador. Oh, but is. we think they're all Panama hats because Teddy Roosevelt right. like really kind of pioneered that look while in yeah. Panama. And, you know, those hats probably had the best um, face towards the American market through Panama right. because that was, you know, the Panama yeah. Canal. Yeah, right. So we were there for five days, and it was such a, a really magical trip. We we got to see sloths in the wild and monkeys and your, tribal uh, people. Was wow. it the Instagram yeah. photos that I saw of this? Or an article? Uh, Vogue.com wrote an article. Vogue. Yeah. That's, That's what, what it was. was. Yeah. We, everybody needs to see that. Yeah. That was just fabulous. We'll link it in the That would oh, be yeah, awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so great. So proud of you. Thank you. I think it's great that... Um, your craft is, I don't like to think of it as dying or anything, just that it is this small niche. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, there's so many wonderful, but so many ready-to-wear designers and so many makeup, you know, beauty oh, yes. products and yeah. everything else. But, you know, it's such a small um, elite group. Definitely. That are, that are doing yeah. this craft and doing it by hand. It's I a privilege, I think. It really yeah. is. Just 
what an honor. What a responsibility. You're totally. Pa- you're, you're, I think so. You yeah. know, taking this on so that it doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about celebrities. When people <laughs> wear your hats, what? how does that affect your business? What does that look like? You know, I have to say, people love celebrities, right? Yeah. And they everybody <laughs> wants to talk about celebrities. And, um, you know, I am so grateful for all of the support that we get from people that are celebrity stylists because it is so exciting to see our pieces on celebrities. But all of that aside, I think from my own personal um, perspective about life and about business is that I get just as excited about seeing someone like you you sure. know, and a woman that buys my hat than I do about a celebrity. Right. Well, sometimes the celebrity that it's just been picked out for them. Totally. Right. By someone else. But when a woman falls yeah. in love with a hat, you really know she she's actually moved by it. Totally. So, yeah, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But it is still cool to see. It's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And um, I think it's actually just very cool to see anyone sure. that I, you know, don't know personally or didn't like, you know, right. style, you know, that they yeah. would want to wear something that I designed. Right. I think that's right. really special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how did you find your unique point of view? Gosh, you know, I think... Um, It's just something that I've been able to define a little bit over the years um, as something that is subversive, something that's feminine, something Mm -hmm. that's New York. Um, And, you know, it's evolved. It's certainly Mm -hmm. evolved. I want it to be a style that doesn't feel dated, um, that feels Mm -hmm. timeless, that caters to a broad expanse of women. You cannot be everything to everybody, but you do... Um, your best and Mm -hmm. I feel like what we've become known for is you know taller crowns we've become known for surface embellishment like feather work (laughs) interesting beading maybe some painting we've really become synonymous with a lot of these frayed edge pieces Mm, love love those so much thank you I feel like they're perfect for vacations oh Mm -hmm. they are and they're so glamorous yeah I think they're just just really make make you you feel like yeah vacation yeah so, um, I think those kind of design elements have really fo- um, cemented that mm-hmm. aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baby, do you have any questions? Sure. Uh, as a wardrobe consultant, you know, I work with women every day. And um, like you said, hats are the, 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 the icing on the cake, I would say. Absolutely. You know, after we build the core wardrobe, first we have to go in and do that. And then as we start, they get to start showing their personality. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you feel a hat can transform an outfit? Well, you know, I think one of the unique things about hats is they're so emotional and they mm-hmm. fit so many people, mm-hmm. right? So right. if you That's are great. someone that feels... Um, that, you know, you are limited in your choices because of size. Right. Um, yeah. And sometimes even from you're limited, maybe financially. Sure. Um, sure. This could be a really special way to update your look. Yes. Um, a great answer. You know, even if you, great answer. if you, you know, save up for a special hat or you buy it on yeah. sale, um, this is something that can really transform your look. And so I think that the biggest hurdle is... If you say that you're not a hat person, try mm-hmm. it. Work yeah. with someone like right. you or work with someone at a local shop or right. like, you know, I'm right. oh, I'm always available on email to answer questions yeah. from people about like what might work for their face or right. try different things um, because I think that it could be really special to transform your look. You just got to yes. jump over that hurdle. Yeah, confident. I think that's true. And I think more that 
as as important or more important as transforming the actual look it's kind of like for me if I put on a high heel or if I put mm-hmm. on a cowboy boot for some reason I feel like I can take on the definitely world. so when you put on a hat all of a sudden you're like Confident. instant yeah fabulousness yeah, you know absolutely. so that's it really so does right. make you feel great on the inside too so I think that, very that's well really said mm-hmm. yeah okay then the other thing is do you have a made to measure business absolutely what does that even mean what does that look like yes How does that work So the bulk of our customers reach us probably through a wholesale partner. We work with Neiman Marcus. Mm -hmm. We love them. Great. Modop, Arondi, my own website. So that's probably where you're mostly going to find the hats in a a seasonal wholesale capacity. Then I would say about 10 to 15% of my business is bespoke. And it's my favorite part of the business because I get to work with people um, women, mostly, mm-hmm. sometimes men, mm-hmm. um, that love hats and that have a special occasion that they're really excited about and they want a special hat for. So that could be brides. Oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of Very bridal. Neat. So that's really special. This could be someone that's going to a luncheon. There's a luncheon here in New York City at Central Park. Oh, yeah. That's very, you know, hat focused. Yeah. yeah, I know. No, I've not been before. Oh, it's so special. It's really yeah. fun. Um, there's one in Houston that benefits a park down there. Um, there's one in Naples that benefits a park down there. Um, there's the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you so, know what this is making me think about, too. So, in, like, where I live, primarily, Birmingham, Alabama, they have this big event, women's event every year for breast cancer, the mm-hmm. Red Hat Day or whatever. Yeah. And people don't wear red hats necessarily, but it's a huge women's luncheon. And the question is always, where can we find a hat? Where can we find a hat? So this you people need to know about yeah, absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yes, that's great. I just was thinking about that as well. That's we were fantastic. For people in smaller towns. Totally. You know, um, it's always sort of the last minute when they get invited. Oh, I'd love to go. Absolutely. I know. Gigi Burns. And yes, because <laughs> we make everything locally, we're able to do a pretty quick turnaround yeah. time. Um, you know, the thing that takes the longest is probably the back and forth of design. Sure. But if you're open to, you know, us dictating the design, we can do it pretty quickly as long as, you know, it had to be red or something. And um, It doesn't even have to be red. It oh, just good. needs to be a hat. Well, then there you go. Yeah. And we've even worked um, with, you know, different boutiques to partner with the causes. Right. So with the Webster in Houston, we donated to that park 10% of all the hats sold there. And That's then nice. we could work with, you know, nice. um, the cause sure. and sure. donate. You know, yeah. the proceeds. That's great. Well, the, the thing we were talking about, about face shape, you know, earrings and things like that, that definitely makes a difference when you're wearing a hat. I mean, when you're wearing uh, different earrings for your face shape. But for hats, I feel like hats, what do you think? Do you feel like there's certain hats that work better for a thin face or a round face or... So, you know, it's the same with hats. Um, It's definitely one of those things where certain proportions work better for certain faces. So if you have a rounder face, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to be better off with a wider brim because it's going to make your face look slimmer. Okay. And if you have a longer face, you're probably better off keeping it to a shorter or mid brim because you don't want to call attention to a long and wide proportion. Right. right. Um, When it it, um, comes to color, too, you know, like imagine what sweater looks good on you mm-hmm. you know what I mean like sure. someone like my coloring doesn't look great in you know khaki per se yeah. because I wash sure. me out so same with a hat I probably wouldn't right it's right there by your hat. exactly right. it's one of the closest things that frames your right. face aside from hair so yeah 
want to definitely bring color into mine too. Very interesting. Most people would never think about that. But most people never think about that when they put on a shirt either or a top. Totally. Until they understand that mm-hmm. the light bounces up onto your mm-hmm. face and can really make you look ill. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really great to know about hats too. So there are there are ways when you're choosing a hat that you can you can tone down. You know, you can pare down to pick the right one for you. Certainly, absolutely. That makes sense. That's all of this has just been fascinating. Amazing. Really, I'm so glad. So much more so information glad. than I thought. Okay, so let's talk about your lead times. How long does it take to produce a collection? So we, gosh, you know what? It's just like one of those things, like everybody starts at the last minute. So <laughs> we show um, the new collection in six weeks and we are not even close to starting. I mean, we've definitely got ideas and development and materials on route. Um, but I would say it probably takes six to eight weeks for me to do full development for the collection. Um, conceptually, it probably takes three to four months, but like execution wise, it's just about six to eight weeks. Makes me nervous so you, just thinking you, you, about you, it. I bet. You call or you go to the Brooklyn factory mm-hmm. and you talk to the man about the blocks you want. Mm-hmm. And then do you do that? Is that at the six weeks point or is that like three months ahead? Three months ahead because I've like already picked out some shapes or if I need to have a new one carved, that definitely takes some time. So like right now we had like some um, millinery braids in work in Switzerland that we just got into work, got into the studio and um, we're working with weavers in Ecuador to do special colors. So we had that to them at least a month in advance. So, you know, we are just starting to assemble things. And then when it um, comes to custom, we ask for four to six weeks. Um, we can absolutely sure. rush it, but it's better just because it gives us a lot of back and forth mm-hmm. time. Of course. Um, and then we, you know, deliver on a wholesale schedule. So that gives us about four to five months to produce the full production. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how did you learn to start and grow a business? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, coming as from a creative standpoint, that's one of the most difficult things. Yeah. And people that have a creative business, they don't realize that when you start this without, um, you know, significant investment or without a partner that's able to take on all of those logistics. And that's a business person. Certainly, yeah. You know, like this is basically a business where you're buying and trading and selling and, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have to negotiate terms and you have to negotiate exclusives and Mm -hmm. you have to, you know, do a lot of shipping and Mm -hmm. it's a lot um, lot more than just designing for sure. And so that's a constant learning experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been very blessed to be surrounded with other designer friends so that when I have questions Mm -hmm. about, hey, you know, what store that you, this store that you're working with, what terms are they offering you mm-hmm. that, you know, we have this sense of community where I can ask questions right. about That's business. That's so great. Mm-hmm. I always think about young brands and how, you know, they can be taken advantage of. Certainly, you know, and you just got to stand up for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Okay. So what advice would you give to someone that wants to start their own brand? Gosh, so I would put all of your social life aside (laughs) and any dreams of having any um, money to shop with or time to shop um, because it's super consuming and it has to be something that you 
um, are, are truly willing to make sacrifices for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a wonderful thing because I don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life. Right. Yeah, I work, you know, oftentimes 12 to 16 hour days. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that it is not the Instagram glamour that mm-hmm. you see. Mm-hmm. It's it's often really, really emotional and really mm-hmm. hard. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you balance having a husband Definitely. and this work? You know, I think um, it's also a challenge. It's definitely something that I'm learning about because we've been married only a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he works for himself, so he's very understanding. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's a blessing. And then we share this office. Mm-hmm. So we're able to work together that's during good. the day. So I think that that's yeah. been very helpful that um, because we get to see each other when we come to work. Yeah, yeah, that is. And what's next for Gigi Burris Millinery? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I'm really excited that we launched Bags. What? What? Yes. I didn't even know that. So that little pink bag behind you. Oh, that is so cute. And then um, this little bag here. Oh, I love that. So these so are made cheap. at my factory. <gasps> oh my gosh, that is just <laughs> And they're adorable. made the exact same way that the hats are made. And the factory that wow. makes these, they, you know, um, oh, and then there's these fabulous ones from Fall as well. Thank you so uh, much. Oh, oh my gosh. So they're made the same way our hats are made. And our factory, you know, the grandmother that began this factory, they were producing just as many bags as they were hats because... You know, used to always buy a matching hat oh, you bag did. set. So now we do these really sweet. Um, we sell them as sets, oh, and, and we also set. sell them as um, individuals. Yes. So this is like a really beautiful. Oh, and what a great shape! Thank you. Adorable. Really, really, really cute. I Thank had no you. idea. It's a great size too. You can get plenty of stuff in there. I think so as well. But it's not huge, and it's not like overwhelming. But it still feels, uh, you know. Fabulous. It's very like chic. Very, very, very occasions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, adorable. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We would love it if you would go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe. The best way for us to know your thoughts is if you rate and review the Style That Binds Us podcast. This will give us the opportunity to know what you'd like to see from us in the future. Follow along on our adventures on social media at The Style That Binds Us, at Allison Brune, at Delia Folk are our handles. Until next time.